Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome back. I am Alex8721, and I've got a new interview today. Uh, this man has traveled the world. It's many interesting places. He's had some pretty awesome experiences during this time. Um, he's been a uh, Reiki master and EFT practitioner for years. He currently resides in Japan. He's always posted some cool-ass pictures online and bringing nothing but pure goodness to the community. I uh, really had a good time speaking with him. Shared some pretty, uh, <laughs> some pretty funny stories about how you know he got to where he's currently at, and um, as always, you know, an interesting perspective. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this dude. He's the one, the only Shaw boy. Uh, another reminder that uh, we've opened up the podcast group on the site mainly for direct feedback. Um, you know, take questions for up upcoming guests, uh, any suggestions in terms of uh, movements or organizations that are doing some pretty cool stuff out there who we could uh, reach out to and maybe have them come on and, you know, bring awareness to their cause or, or projects or whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, for example, I'll be having a guest on soon who does uh, treasure hunts and donates proceeds to a uh, charitable foundation or a cause. Um, also, we're in search for any uh, intro music or even if anybody wants to showcase their music on here, I'd be totally down to do this. Um, anyhow, uh, the, the group is uh, DMT World net podcast group uh just check it out and uh request i'll add you on there we'll be good to go anyhow uh, as always um join us at dmtworld.net uh can donate or become a, uh, a community supporter at patreon.com forward slash dmt world uh there's also a donate button at the top of the podcast page i uh, appreciate every single one of you uh, make sure to keep spreading that sweet, sweet love, and thank you for your support. And Shaboy, right? Shaboy or Shaboy? How do Sha you pronounce it? It's well, it the it's basically it's a play on I I want to be a shaman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's Shaboy, I guess. Shaboy. I'm still a boy. Yeah. What's up, Shaboy? Real man. Yeah. First and foremost, man, thank you for for spending your time uh, with me and everybody listening whenever they're listening but um welcome man welcome it's totally an honor man I, I i love your work uh what i see you on the on the dmt world there and it's so good to connect and and see you in person yeah definitely it's it's always nice to put to put a face to and voice right <clears throat> now yeah. um i know um did like like i said earlier man you're <clears throat> i know you got a pretty interesting uh situation or life or, or journey that you've been on i mean i know yeah, we've spoken a little bit i know you said that you can you give me a little bit of a, a story backstory of like your upbringing younger years okay okay so uh i was born in ghana in ghana in west africa i was born in ghana but um my parents my whole family were born in india hmm. so my first nationality was indian and my family lived in Ghana in, uh, for 10 years and I came along in the seventh of that year and we left when um, there was a coup d'etat and I was three. Huh. And my, da my dad, was, uh, he was the chief engineer of what was the deepest gold mine in the world at the time. So he got a job, he could get a job anywhere and he got a job in a, a coal 
uh, mine in Wales. So we lived in Wales for a year when I was four. Wow. And at, at that time, Perth, Western Australia was, was and probably still one of the richest uh, places in the world. There was a mineral boom and they've mm-hmm. got unlimited supply of iron ore and gold mm-hmm. and uranium and everything. So he, it was easy for him as an Indian um, to get a, we were citizens within like one month of landing in Australia, wow. which is a pretty hard to do come as an Indian in those days when India was one of the poorest countries in the world. Damn, That's so- 19, that was 1971. We moved to Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in, in Perth, Mm-hmm. Western Australia, and this it's it's a unbelievably affluent place. And yeah. in those days, there was less people. There was no crime. You used to leave the doors open, and it's a different place now. But um, so I grew up there. Nice. And I always my family had travelled. They were, I guess, my family before moving to Australia was they were quite well to do. My dad was a you know he was the, the head of his field. But he was a man of principles and he didn't like, the. although he used the mining industry to get a visa, to get a nationality, he didn't, he'd seen how mining industries raped the planet and yeah. raped the countries. And so he decided to set up his own business and wow. he was not a good businessman. He was way too, way too, uh, moralistic to be a good businessman but but he you know he put us all he he educated us all and he we became just a normal i would say lower middle class family Uh but i i grew up with all my brothers and sisters my family talking about oh when we went to italy and when we went to america and when we went to (laughs) you know and and, then i was like fuck you know why did you stop traveling when i was a kid (laughs) so i grew up so i grew up with this desire to go and see the world I was a good, I was a very good Catholic boy. I went to a Catholic school, mm. Catholic school boy, and I believed in Christ and mm-hmm. I believed in the whole stuff that they shoved down my throat. And I remember telling my best buddy who's, who lives in Japan with me and we've been best friends for 42 years. I remember telling them for our fi- final exam, I said, I swear I will never have sex before marriage and I will never take drugs. And Two weeks after the final exam, that the next ten years, all I was doing was getting wasted and getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Doesn't that? That's kind of the the way the story goes with 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 that kind of a uh, yeah, kind of yeah. upbringing, right? Like, uh, yeah. you get to that boom, yeah, and you boom, I'm free. <laughs> and yeah. So, listen, I, I was I was a very good student i um i got into a very competitive uh my first i got into unit a very competitive university the well the best university in the state and um it the it was i was starting to be a business lord double major that was what i that was what i chose in high school I got out Jeez. and I smoked marijuana and <laughs> the three month summer holiday between graduating and going to university, I got to university and go, what are this bunch of <laughs> cocksuckers? Uh, <laughs> and I became, I was selling pot <laughs> in oh, university shit. and I, I dropped out and I became, uh, I thought I just want to travel the world. Nice. And I was 19. I got a job as a public servant 
I worked as a waiter in the in the evenings, and then within a year, I'd saved up like twenty grand. Oh, dear. and I and I and I got the I left Australia, and that that's thirty two years ago. Wow, <laughs> you did that at nineteen. You just you you were working, busting your ass off, and saving all your money, and then just took off. And I left. I left when I was twenty. Yeah. Damn. Where did you go to? What was the first place you go to? Well, I bought it. I had like they used to have these kind of tickets that I it went from Perth, Singapore. Uh, Hong Kong, Taipei, Seoul, Tokyo, mm. return. And so I went to Singapore a couple of days there. I planned to go to Japan because Japan was booming. And yeah. I'd, I'd, one of the guy I met in my part-time job was a Japanese guy. And he goes, you're fucking crazy working 70 hours a week here. <laughs> he said, if you, if you go to Japan, I was 19, I was 20, right? He said, if you go to Japan now, you can get 100 bucks an hour being an English teacher and you'll oh. get all these you'll get all these cute Japanese girlfriends. And I went, yeah, oh, I went, I went, I'm a soul. I went, I, I'm the, I'm, I was out of there. So I, I, I got the visa. I got this working holiday visa and I was planning to come to Japan and I met this crazy Swedish guy who had the same desire for sex uh -huh. and money. And we ended up, we ended up going to, I ended up in Europe. I was on my way to Japan. I ended up in Scandinavia. Wow, and that's another that's another story. And anyway, what I travelled around for about eight years using Japan Dang. as my base. Yeah, in those days, you know, the the economy was so good here. I could save I could save twenty grand a year working ten hours a week. So I would save yeah. that money up, and then I would go and travel and and a travel, and I would then I got you know I got into I had a, got into acid and in in India and changed my life, and wow. then. Maybe maybe that's something to talk about. <laughs> no, no. When you when you went to Japan, did, is that what you did? You were teaching English there. Okay, so my my first job was uh, I I took seven hundred grams of hash in my stomach. Oh shit! And I landed in I landed in Tokyo, and the guy the guy that I remember the customer, I was shitting myself. The guy the the guy goes, "Have you got have you got any pornos?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nah, I haven't got any pornos. And I I went through and I had this, I went and uh, it was, yeah, that's, an, that's another story. I, I won't get tracked. So I, I ended up selling all these things. So I set myself up and, and then I went straight and I became an English teacher. Nice. And it was all true. I got a hundred bucks now and I got wow. lots of, lots of cute girlfriends. Like, <laughs> Many at a time, you know. This is the nineties, the as the eighties. It was as Adam, and, and it, it was as Adam. I mean, he he didn't lie. Wow, that's. <laughs> and then I got in the, and then I got in the after I went away to Europe and India. Then I came back and I got into Buddhism. So hmm. I went on a, a kind of another path, and yeah, I'm still. It was my base. It was my base, and it's still my base, and. How did you deal with uh, the the differences in like culture, language? I mean, how, how did you go about that? To be honest, well, Japan is is of all the countries I went to, it's the most hospitable, and they, really? although the language was a big deal in those days, uh, you know, we're all human. Yeah. If you're hungry, yeah. you you're hungry, you get food. If you if you're horny, you get laid. If you, you know, 
it, yeah, yeah. it's it, it it works itself out, and and yeah. the culture is so it's actually probably one of the as a foreigner the how well they treat you as a foreigner it's like it was like Disneyland. I I felt I I had this. I always wanted to kind of be a rock star. Yeah. So I've got this dichotomy of being a monk, but I want to be a rock star. <laughs> and, and man, I felt like Mick Jagger, man. It really? was, it was, you could do anything. Because as a, in those days, there were no foreigners in the place where I lived. Oh, I see. I was yeah. out in the sticks and people treated me like a rock star. And, and, like I, and, I, and I used it. I, I, was, I, I lived that, that, that thing. And I, was, you know, I had all the, all the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll. And it was, it, I, I, I was able to, I was lucky enough to be able to live that fantasy so I could let go of it. Dang, man. That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty interesting, man. You know, you know what I always wondered, um, and not just specifically for Japan, but for other countries, I'm a little unfamiliar with, you know, their, their laws uh, when it comes to, you know, drugs or substances or psychedelic, whatever you want to call them. Um, how is it like there where you're at? It's, it's horrendous. It's horrendous here because they, they don't differentiate between, um, you know, uh, I had a friend who was busted with 0.2 of a gram of marijuana mm-hmm. and he got, and he got, um, he got 18 months in jail for that. What? Right? There's no difference. You could have 20 kilos of smack. Oh. What? Or you could have a pot. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a big deal. Damn. That is nuts, man. That is ridiculous. So, the, but the other thing, when I first got here, they didn't know about it. I mean, I used yeah. to, I, I remember, I remember my first date with, with my my first actual you know girlfriend, uh-huh. um, I smoked some hash of that hash that I brought out of a coke can that I'd poked holes in out <laughs> yeah. the front of a cinema, out the front of a cinema in a, in a in a city, and people wouldn't have had a clue. People had no idea, and the cops had no idea. Man. Now they do, <laughs> now they do, but it's um. It's so, you know, you know, like in the States, everyone's smoked pot and, you know, everyone's, you know, in Australia, everyone's done it. Here, here, 99.9% of people have never even had an inkling of it. Wow. Damn, so, so you, you brought the, you brought the, <laughs> you brought the dirt. <laughs> I, yeah, I brought, I brought it, man. And, and, and it was so, all the foreigners were like gagging for it. Oh, shit. And, 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 and I, and I, we, we were so, we made the like, there was a, it, there was a, obviously there's a, there was an underground and we used, yeah. we used to sell it like at half the price. Oh, wow. So people loved, people loved us, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Set yourself up pretty nice, huh? Well, it was, you know, I only, I only did that. And when I was 21, I, I made a vow to myself because the paranoia of dealing in that. Uh, yeah. I made a vow of myself never to, never to let money and drugs, well, whatever, antigens, um, come together. So after that, I never bought or sold. Yeah, you know, there's something to it. You know, you get to a point where... Um yeah like that for example you know the knowledge of of um 
like for example cultivating or extracting uh, any of your own you know plants or medicines or you know go ahead <laughs> well the thing is too is uh you know there's something else to it too um there's something something else to teaching somebody you know or giving them knowledge you know where they can be self-sustainable you know instead of having to you know meet somebody up or go through some you know middle 20 middlemen or so forth and uh you give the power to yourself or you know to the person that you're you know sharing the knowledge with it's the old you know give a you know it's a bit it's a bit of a different twist but you know it's to give a guy give a guy a fish yeah. give him a fishing pole and teach him how to fish well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, definitely and, and and until that i mean recently okay i've 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 bought lsd and stuff like that but um yeah Otherwise, I never, I learned my lesson then that making a profit on these things, it would make me just like a, would make me just like a pharmaceutical company. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, then, and that wasn't, it, I learned that lesson. I, you know, I got the paranoia and the, and the, the karma, the, all, the, all the money I made um, selling pot, I lost. <laughs> so it was it was a pretty simple lesson <clears throat> when now now when when did uh psychedelics uh come into your life did, uh, was, was it okay. here or was it earlier yeah so it was my first my first acid was in japan and i didn't it was in a it was that was a crazy experience i was i knew this bunch of um hostesses swedish beautiful swedish girls that were I met in Hong Kong, seven of them, and, and they were living up in Tokyo is doing the hostess jobs, mm-hmm. getting big money. And I went out, I came up to, to actually to, to make a deal to Tokyo from my little town. And we went out into Rapongi, which is the nightclub district. And they were all on, we went to this club and they were, everyone was on ecstasy and they gave, they said, oh, we've only got acid left. And I've never had acid. And I remember it was called the Red a red dragon. Hmm. And I took this, I took this acid. It was the first time in, in a club, in a dingy club. And I, suddenly I'm tripping and I look around and I realize everybody's getting on with everybody. There's like three girls kissing and then there's two guys and a girl kissing. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, and I'm tripping. my first time tripping. And I'm like, what? And these, these girls come up to me and they start touching me. They're all on, on ecstasy, right? They're yeah. touching me and feeling me up and kissing me. They go, oh, you don't mind, do you? And I'm then, no, nah, I don't mind. <laughs> wow. So that was my first, that was my first acid experience. And then I went away to India uh-huh. and... I went to this place called Pushkar, which is a, it's like the second holiest place after Varanasi in India. And it's this lake in the middle of the desert. And I smoked, I would wake up, I thought I was Gandhi. I read Gandhi's autobiography and I was, I would wear a dhoti and a, and a, a turban and, and I'd wake up in the morning, I'd wash my, my dhoti, this like a, 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 a piece of, cotton that you wrap around as a kind of pants like a loincloth kind of thing (laughs) and then I would wake up and I first I would make a pure hash joint and I would smoke that by myself and then there was a there was an Italian couple across the yard in the hotel across the garden and they would they would wake up and they would have a pipe and then we would go and smoke and I'd have a pipe with them of hash and then I would go up on the roof there was a French couple up on on the roof and we'd have chillums. Chillums. And you be, you know what a chillum is? No, I don't. 
Okay, Chillum is the most ferocious way to smoke hash. What? Um, it's even more, probably more devastating than a hot knife. It's a, it's basically a clay pipe uh-huh. with a stone to stop you sucking it through. It's a straight clay pipe, and you put the hash in there, and you just it's direct. You just oh. smoke it, and you can you can smoke like a you know half a gram of hash in one hit. Oh god! And it yeah, it's it, it's devastating. And so that 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 would be like by lunchtime. I've done that. Shit. And then we'd have lunch. This guy used to come in. He, he, he had six fingers. The guy who, who sold the lunch, he had six fingers on each hand. He would come what? in and he would sing the menu. He'd go, pancake, pancake, hot pancake. Da, 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 and he would sing the menu to you <laughs> and we were all wasted. And we'd have lunch. And then we'd, then we'd go and walk down this little town. And it's full of, it's full of holy men. It's full of sadhus. And um, you know it's a it's a very holy city, and hash is legal there wow. because it's it because the 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 sadhus use it as part of their spirituality. Oh wow! So it's actually legal there. And and on the other hand, an egg—it's a totally vegetarian egg—is illegal. It's illegal to have any kind of non-vegetarian food there. Wow! What? And we yeah, and we would walk down. And have you heard of a bang lassie? No. Okay, so they have these, you know what a lassi is, right? An Indian, it's like a yogurt drink. No, I don't. I'm, I'm okay. All right. If you go to an Indian restaurant, they have a thing called lassi. It's basically a yogurt drink and it's very sweet. Mm. And what they do, bung is like a combination. It might have, um, I think it has datura and it has some kind of cannabis and it's got a whole lot of other kind of herbs and spices mixed into it. And it's, a, it's, it's, I'm, I'm the only person I know who ever had more than one of them because m- most people have them and they think, no, I'm never going to do that again because it's, it's an edible, right? <laughs> so I, we would go into this cafe and not cafe, it's not really a cafe, it's India. It's like this, it's like a milk bar, but it's, yeah. you can't, it's, it's so trashy. And they had this like um, green table with different colors, shades of green. I go, oh, I think I'll have one that shade, like you can say the strength, right? And, and we would take, this is my whole day for six weeks. I would wake up, have the hash, have breakfast, go down, have a bang lassi. And it's the most, definitely, and, and they say, I've never had any kind of a cannabis experience like that. You were totally floating. And we would climb up, there's this little hill, maybe like a 150 meter high hill but it's in a desert which is flat and we would climb up there and watch the sunset that was my day my whole the whole thing was to watch the sunset my my day was was and we'd watch the sunset come down and go and eat uh go and eat a curry for dinner and go to bed and do I did that for six weeks and and my brain went was became so slow it was like it was my first experience of meditation I could see my life like floating by so slowly as an object. Damn. So I had the separation between my life and, and whatever, uh, my higher consciousness. Anyway, went to Goa. What we went down to Goa. Uh-huh. Sorry. Go on. No, I'm sorry. I... So you had a question. <clears throat> yeah. What, when you were there, what was the whole um, like purpose or the goal? Was it just for the experience or did you have some? Uh, it was, I had no go. I went there to do drugs, man. That was it. I was, I was, tw- you know, I was twenty-two. Yeah. Um, I just come back. I just come through Europe, and 
um, to Scandinavia and I, I got to India. I flew out from Greece on the full moon and landed in, in Bombay on the full moon. Wow. Totally. It, it, it was the biggest culture shock I ever had. And it, it, that blew my mind. And I scored, I scored down by the, 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 the Bombay Bay, the bay there, um, what do they call that? The gate of India or something. I remember scoring off this dodgy Indian guy. <laughs> and uh, anyway, then I ended up in Goa. And Goa, as you know, is, that's the, that was the hippie capital of the world. And it was the very end of that scene, of the rave scene. Huh. The, the, the cops had started to kind of shut it down. They were trying to make it. They've made it into a resort, a big money resort now. Yeah. But it was the very end of that hippie scene and the old hippies were there and the nouveau and I was a nouveau hippie. I, you know, I, I totally embraced that. I was, I, was the, I was a hippie. I had hair down my ass and <laughs> um, we were naked. I was naked on the beach for six weeks. Oh, man. And raves every night, yeah, raves every night, and and everyone was you know naked and covered in clay, and it was totally it was madness. And then I remember I was with this German guy who 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 I who I'd met in in Pushkar in the north of India. He had ridden his bike from from the he'd been living in the Canary Islands off the west coast of the northwest coast of Africa. He'd been living in a cave there for five years, eating bananas. Okay, okay this dude, and he inherited five thousand dollars from his um, from his grandmother in Berlin. So he'd ridden his bike from from North Africa to Berlin. This this old bike he had, and he got this five thousand dollars, and he'd ridden his bike from West Germany to when I met him in India. He'd ridden this old crappy old bike. And he, this guy was like Jesus. This guy was like he was when we used to walk down the road in Pushkar, everyone would be calling his name, going, Michael, Michael, like he was the Messiah. Anyway, we we said we go, oh, we're not gonna do any more acid because we we were building a tolerance. We're not gonna do any more acid um for a few more days. And it was the night came, the night came, we were walking along the beach and there was this bunch of a crowd of German people and they had this big old, you know late 80s beatbox and they had this techno music going dum, 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 dum. <laughs> hey you want you want to come and join our party with me and they had this acid punch they go you want some acid punch and we, i looked at them we go oh well what the hell and that, <laughs> that changed punch? my life acid punch so you don't know what the dose is right oh shit man so you know i i drank this and that that changed my life i never would have taken I, my now I think it must have been like a thousand mics. Ooh. Because I had the total the the night went on. I mean I tripped out the whole night and I remember at one point I was I I had this Dutch girlfriend that we we three of us had travelled down. We we met in Pushkar and travelled down. And I remember I was one one point during the trip I remember I was looking at the sand from about like six, 10 inches away from the, from the beach, from the sand. I was just totally enthralled with the sand, like, whoa. <laughs> and then, then I realized I was inside her. <laughs> and she was also tripping out on the stars. <laughs> right? we were, and, and I'm like, whoa, that, that's one point that stands out. And then the next thing we were, we were in this, we were at the end of the beach kind of, came out to a cliff 
And the inside, there was like a hermitage where these two sadhus lived and they'd molded out the ground out of clay That's and they had this fire. And there was this one sadhu, he was an old guy and he had dreadlocks down, he had dreadlocks down to beyond like his knees. He was sitting there in full lotus saying this mantra. Um, what's the mantra? Anyway, he was singing this beautiful mantra and he had this fire there and the, he, the ash was pure white. I remember that how pure everything was and then there was this other really sexy young young sadhu with beautiful black shining dreads and these big massive eyes and you know i i can remember this clearly to the day and he had to, he was like really cut you know he's done yoga and he was thin yeah. and he was just beautiful but he had a dodgy vibe i remember and there were a bunch of other hippies there and then they they passed the morning chill him around right uh-huh so I'm I'm tripping, you know, totally tripping balls, and I I take this chillum, and suddenly it comes on, and I I stand up, and everyone's like really mellow, and I stand up, and I say, God is perfect, and I can see the light <laughs> shining through the leaves, the design is perfect, everything is perfect, it's absolutely perfect, and I got up and I hugged this coconut tree, I hugged this <laughs> coconut tree, and my my whole being melded with the tree went down the roots and spread evenly across the world across the whole world like out and around and I was a fish I was an insect I was a flower I was a rock I was all these things simultaneously and then it came back and met up at the trunk of the tree again and for a moment I was me I was me and then suddenly I was going up the trunk and out of the leaves into the universe. And it was mine, wow. you know, you, you understand, right? Yeah. And I had this oneness with the entire universe experience. Man. And, but it blew my brain. And, and the guy, Michael, the Jesus character, <laughs> he totally, he was on the same trip. He knew it was blowing my brain. He literally got me and pulled me down off the tree onto the ground and I went boom and I came back and we said let's get out of here and we went walking down the beach and I was everything was black and white I was <laughs> just seeing the total perfection of the universe Damn. and then I compared it to me and I had fillings and I had this you know all the poisons that we've done and and I thought I'm not worthy to be alive and I was writing a letter to my parents in my head that I'm just going to walk this beach naked for the rest of my life because I'm not fit to be part of society. Damn. And I was so down and he turned and looked at me and he said, we are terrible, aren't we? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he said, and he, and he said, but you know what? I'm still happy. And he, <laughs> I, 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 and I, and I, and I was, Changed my life. Nice, man. So that was that's most. (laughs) That's that's pretty. uh, God, that's that's a lot. That's a lot in that story, man. Okay, so let me tell you what what happened then. Because you know now we have all this good information about how good psychedelics and everything are for you. Uh huh. In those days, there was no internet. There were no. I didn't have any information, and I had the normal programming that 
you should you need to do it naturally mm. so that set me on a course of doing yoga and meditation nice. to get that experience without drugs and i went i went pretty much the next 25 years pretty much without anything yeah and that's what that's what put me on to meditation and yoga and reiki and all these other spiritual practices and only two years ago, when, when this, you know, this renaissance kind of the information started filtering through to me, I realized, well, it's this entheogens are a legi- legitimate path. And then I found shamanism. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why did I never know about shamanism? I'd read Carlos Castaneda when I was 22. And I was like, everyone else, is that real? Is that true? And I, it, it put a seed in me. And now, you know, well, 30 years later, I've, I'm, that's the path I'm on is, is to become a shaman. Now, <clears throat> I'm just, and not just for me, but also for other people that may not know, um, can you explain what Reiki is and what it means? Okay, that's, I certainly can. Um, okay, so Reiki is a, it's a Japanese healing technique Mm-hmm. from about uh it's from the taisho era it's about uh i think 180 years ago uh, uh, a monk um he he'd found uh some a sutra a buddhist teaching that had that made some reference to the ability to heal people mm-hmm. And he couldn't, you know, the, 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 the actual sutra, the teaching was not, he couldn't find it in Japan. You know, these are things that have been transcribed on the paper. There was no, you know, there wasn't mass printing of books and stuff and he couldn't find it. And he was on a searching for this. And then apparently the story goes, he found this sutra in some used bookstore. And he went up to this place, Kuramayama, which is a mountain, a whole, it had always been a spiritual mountain in, near Kyoto and he went and did and what I only found out recently it's a shamanic practice he went and fasted for 21 days hmm. and he got enlightened and these symbols and the way to turn other people on mm-hmm. to be able to channel this cosmic energy this universal energy and he came down the mountain with this enlightenment and he saw some, he saw some puppies or something that were, that were dying there than some stray dogs. And he healed these puppies and he really, he was shit. He goes, fuck, I've got it. I can heal people. And then he healed someone else and he healed someone else. And then he developed this system called Reiki. So Reiki, what Reiki is that the Japanese is Rei is like a spirit uh-huh. and Ki is energy. So it's spiritual mm. energy, something like that. Um, and what it is, through the that guy was it's a technique where a master can use these symbols and mantras to connect to higher spirits so it's a very much a shamanic thing uh-huh. and partner with those spirits to open up someone else to let them have the ability to channel this healing energy so it's pretty for me it's a spiritual path that teaches you humility to let, which I, that's the lesson I've learned least, but um, <laughs> it, 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 the idea is that you let go and let God 
So by you taking yourself out of this, out of it, you become a clear pipe for this energy to flow through you. And the beauty of it is that unlike um, Qigong, which I also practice, you're not using your energy. So you can do it all day. And instead of being depleted, you're more energized. You're just a pipe. Hmm. You're not a pump. You're not a reservoir. You're just a pipe for this unlimited universal energy. So as it flows through you, it heals you. And it, all my students and myself, I, I think it's almost feels better. It does feel better to give Reiki than to get it. And the people who get it get healed of, of all kinds of things, of, of emotional problems, of physical problems. And, and I've, you know, I've seen many miracles wow. um, using Reiki. Now, how long, because um, see, I, I've heard of it before. I just, <clears throat> like I said before, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty new to, you know, this world, this whole, you know, industry or whatever you want to call it. But that's kind of one of the reasons why, you know, I'm doing this too, because to also, you know, learn. Um, but I always sure. wondered exactly what it was and, and so forth. How, how long have you uh, been been uh, practicing? Uh, I, I, I. I discovered, I heard about Reiki when I think I was like 28 and I was not into, I was full on into Zen meditation and I was doing all these spiritual practices, yoga. I was fasting for 10, 10 days at a time and, and doing all this crazy shit. And, and I, I was, was able to channel energy. I, I felt my hands get hot when I massage people and people said it felt great. And, and somebody said, oh, you should do Reiki. These friends I met that were just near the temple that I used to do Zen in. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, but why do I need to pay for that? If that's universal energy, why do I need to pay to get turned on to it? And so I had this negativity between spirituality and money. Yeah. And then I went and traveled. I went to Asia. I went to, back to Thailand and India. And I, I stayed in ashrams and monasteries and was doing all this practice. Everybody I met was a Reiki teacher. And they say, you should do Reiki, Jeff. You're so spiritual. You should do it. And I mean, nah, everybody I met did Reiki. Hmm. And it was like, what? And this is a common story now that I know. Reiki is a thing. It comes to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I ended up setting up a massage. I, I, left, I got kicked out of Japan overstaying my visa and stuff mm-hmm. and I went back to Australia thought what the fuck am I going to do I went to Thailand and I did a Thai massage course three months in a in a you know uh, traditional medical hospital uh-huh. and I did this massage course and I went back to Australia and I went up to Darwin which is an outpost and I set up this massage shop and lo and behold the guy next door to me was a Reiki master. <laughs> and he was, he was a big, big, burly Italian Australian guy. And he was actually making wrought iron. So he was a massive guy, right? Yeah. And he goes, I, and he goes, and I'm there, shit. And he goes, if you're doing massage, so I was doing massage and I was getting exhausted. Uh-huh. You get someone who's got cancer or some kind of uh, depression or something. And I'm opening up my energy to give to them because I want to heal them. Uh-huh. But it would just suck my energy. And I would, at sometimes the end of a busy day, I literally couldn't move. I'd be on the ground shaking and I would have to do breathing exercise and stuff just to be able to drive home. 
Jeez. And he said, look, he said, okay, I know you don't want to pay. I said, I look, I don't want to pay for it. I was just so stingy or whatever. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll make a deal for you. You give my wife and me a massage and I'll, I'll attune you. I'll initiate you to Reiki level one. And also my girlfriend at the time who ended up marrying. That was my first wife. So he attuned us and man, 30 minutes, he didn't teach me anything. He just gave me the transmission and the energy coming out of my hands. And I used to run that, that massage business by donation because I had this thing about money. So I didn't want to feel like a whore, you know, like I'm going yeah. to massage you for 30 minutes. You're going to give me 30 bucks. I didn't want to do it. I said, look, I'm going to massage you till you feel good and then you give me what you want. Hmm. And after doing Reiki, the donations doubled and the time I needed to get those people relaxed halved. And I thought from the first the level one, there's four levels, level one, two, three, and then master, teacher. Huh. And I, from that moment, I knew that that's what I wanted to follow. So, so the, Reiki, uh, the, the Reiki has to do with like massaging as well? It doesn't. It, it, what it does, it, it's like it improves any kind of healing modality because what it does, it's, it takes you out of the equation. So you're not using your energy. So it, it makes, it's like, for me, I equate it to being water. If you've got nice, clean, pure water, whatever you cook with that is going to be better. Yeah. Whatever tea. So Reiki is the very base. It's the energy. So if you're doing massage, it stops you getting tired and it'll improve the effect of the massage. If you're doing, um, if you're cooking, it's going to make the food taste better. Yeah. If you're whatever doing, it, it it just makes the energy purer, and it and it's not your energy, so you don't get that, uh, you don't get tired. So you're basically like channeling <clears throat> this um, energy or whatever, right? That exactly. That's it's as simple as that. Well, you're a channel, and nothing else. Now, what what is like um, <clears throat> what is a normal a Reiki session like I mean do they vary a lot depending on on um okay that's that's a good question so I I for me I the client comes they lie down on the bed I've got nice music on so these are all adjuncts uh -huh. uh, music on there's incense there's you know it's a it's a nice setting so that helps them get into it but I've done it in the I used to do it in a hip hop studio while the mums were waiting to pick up their kids learning hip hop with music going don 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 fuck the motherfuckers, you know. And 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 I would give the mums reiki because I used to teach yoga after that. Wow. And I would give the mums reiki while they waited, and they would like totally go off into this reiki zone. So, what it what it is, I I would play. They lie down face up, and I would start by placing my hands two or three inches above like their forehead, forehead. So you can imagine I'm sitting at the top of their head, yeah. their legs, are, I can see their feet at the other end. And, and within five or 10 minutes, normally you're in a zone where you're in a zone where time kind of stops. So you're not sure, usually after an hour session, people are not sure whether it was five minutes or five hours. Um, so you're in this zone where you're, 
kind of aware. A lot of people, they totally snoring. And then <laughs> later on, they say, I, th I think I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, you fell asleep. So what happens, your consciousness is still there, but your body goes to sleep. So you're, you, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what happens in this, in this timeless zone, my, my take on it is when you're in this timeless zone, that's where the healing can take place. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it, it's weird because you can't direct it. I don't give any guarantees about Reiki because it's it's totally I'm giving it up to to whatever, for lack of a better term, giving it up to God. Yeah. So there's no with the other techniques you can focus it a bit more, but I don't focus Reiki. I just I let I, I trust that what needs to be done will be done, and that I'm I'm not wise enough to know what needs to be done so it, it's very much a bit a practice and letting go and going with the flow mm -hmm. and so I, for my my personally i think reiki it's more important not the healing that comes about it but the change in consciousness that comes about practicing it yeah it makes sense uh, a lot of um, a lot of these different alternative forms of healing or uh, you know, you name it, um, you know, there's a correlation <clears throat> between like meditating and also like psychedelics in the sense of like that, you know, that, Absolutely. that, that zone or space that you go to you know, in your head. Now for you, um, did, do you ever, or have you ever like combined uh, psychedelics along with it or how does that work out? Well, you know, the Reiki, the Reiki tradition, has a rule that you shouldn't do it intoxicated. Mm. I've done it drunk. I've done it drunk before and it worked great. <laughs> um, that was just a friend of mine. A, a friend of mine had got bitten by a jellyfish oh, out surfing at a really horrid jellyfish, and we were in a we were in a bar, and he goes, "Hey man, do some reiki on me," and I'm, I'm all right. And and his, his, he had this huge welt, and it went down. Wow. So. You're so like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not much. I'm not much for rules. I'm not much for rules. <laughs> um, but uh, I haven't. I haven't actually. I, I combine psychedelics with meditation, but it's my job. So I, I don't really think I should be. Um, yeah, I go in pure if I'm doing a Reiki session or Reiki attunement. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I think uh, you know, with me, like I, I love doing the the you know psychedelics with um you know the with having that little bit of meditation in there too to kind of just sit you know i, I kind of look at it as a tool right i mean it is a tool for and sure i i definitely use it a lot in with meditation especially a microdose yeah i feel like um, um you're 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 being efficient in in that way you know like um getting the, the you know the best the most that you can out of you know whatever it is that you have i think that's uh and that's my goal you know usually when i'm having some kind of a session um i know a lot of people are, are you know they'll do really high doses of something for me i i find that i don't really need a high dose in order to achieve whatever it is that you know um, i'm seeking um there's definitely some something there when it comes to uh meditating you know, while and it depends on the psychedelic as well. You know, um, for me, psilocybin um, is good for me to, uh, you know, 
do the meditation with as well. I can, I can achieve a pretty, <clears throat> pretty good state of mind. Um, what, on, on what dose would you normally use for a minute for uh, that? The, the last time I did it, I had three and a half grams. And I mean, I completely left my body. It was like a DMT. <laughs> man i i actually yeah. met the same entity that i met um during the dmt session it was i yeah, saw it you know and it was a little bit of a struggle at first but once i broke through i was just completely gone and it was uh yeah, something else that really 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 changed me man yeah that's be that's beautiful man i mean the more stories that that's one thing that's so um kind of empowering hearing everybody's stories and the effectiveness and the, the, the mind-boggling revelations that people have with these things that you know i i came from i i spent pretty much 30 years doing hardcore meditative and yoga practices and, and I, it's like terence mckenna says i didn't get anywhere close to that <laughs> what you can get with what we can get with whatever a little yeah. you know well so it's it's it, it, but what I what I can say is that having that that base of meditation and that coming round on my second round with psychedelics, it makes I can handle it a lot better. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so it wasn't wasted in the end, and then it gives me a it gives me a, a, a kind of a base. Mm-hmm. for so, when when things are getting pretty hairy right yeah no it's true uh definitely definitely helps out now when you were um when you had that um that experience with lsd um what what happened afterwards was that that was your first time or around that time that was was it was the first time I had a, a kind of that breakthrough experience yeah. you know the other times it was more you know a little bit a little trippy or you know yeah. I was in a bar I was in a disco or whatever it was, a club. Um, so I didn't get any really much spiritual out of it. Yeah. But that would definitely have been my first uh, spiritual experience on 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 a, on, a, on, a, on LSD. I mean, on 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 just on marijuana. I, that's what opened me up to a, a more true spirituality. Yeah. Now, did uh, you have uh, any more any experiences uh, afterwards with any other um, psychedelics? Not really. I, I can't say I did have that, that, you know, anything that can compare to that huh. uh, until, until this, this time around, because I, I decided I was going to, because I thought I was cheating by using that. That was that, that was the old yeah. paradigm that, you know, that I felt, no, that was cheap. This is not a, this is not a legitimate spiritual experience because I cheated by taking a, a substance. And you know, it was almost—it was almost like oh, I, I discounted that experience. It was the greatest experience, uh, still one of the greatest experiences I ever had. But and now, now I embrace it. But at that point, I, I was like, you know, I can't really tell people about that, my family or stuff. I, now I have, um, but it—it it was, yeah, I totally discounted it as as a as a cheat that I hadn't done it and that and, and it set me off on this way trying to find it naturally and, and I now I realize well shit if well, the big realization was fuck I've got these tools why not use them yeah 
Yeah. You know what's right. crazy is I, I kind of I kind of went through a similar a similar situation um, <clears throat> after finding you know experiencing psychedelics was kind of like um, I, I don't want to be dependent on these uh, on these substances, but um, try to you know do as much as I can on my own in terms of you know changing the way I think or, or my overall perspective on things. But um, it, for me, it just it ended up just me, you know, kind of finding a sweet spot of like, okay, this works for me. You know, I can I can do this this way, and you know, still work on myself on my own. You know, just for me, use these, you know, when necessary, and sometimes when I just fucking feel like it too, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I think that's the beauty of psychedelics. It, it's very hard to overdo them, and it's got a. It seems to have an in built safety factor that it's it, it you know it's not it's not just like having a smoke right it's it you know you're gonna go on a journey you gotta pack your bags oh, you gotta yeah. get your visa <laughs> you gotta you know you gotta prepare for it and and, and you know most, most people when they're a little get a bit mature i think if you once you have one full experience you realize that it's not something to be taken lightly exactly yeah, it, it opens it opens doors up for sure. I, um, you know, um, one thing that I kind of went through as well is um, finding that you know I am capable of certain things, and mostly all centered around you know how powerful your mind is. And um, but getting to the point to where I'm like, what do I do with this? You know, not what now? Like, well, what, I've got to put some kind of a purpose to it, or felt like I had to. And um, I think that's when you do start kind of growing, you know, and, uh, um, you know, doing what you got to do and becoming a better version of yourself, and, you know, sharing the knowledge with other people and letting people know that, you know, hey, you are more powerful than you think. You know, I think that's one of the biggest um, lessons that came from psychedelics for me. And then um, knowing that and then putting it to use, good use. Yeah. Well, you know, like it, 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 it's, it's kind of, it's inescapable once you do that because you, you it, 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 so it shows you the truth. So there's no escape from, um, from, from facing that. Yeah. You know, you, you have to put meaning to things because the, the questions and the, the truth that it shows you leaves you kind of no choice. You can't just, it, it, it's, and sometimes I wish I could just uh, just play. I mean, I'm pretty playful, but I wish I could just be a little bit more frivolous about things. But you you, you can't really do that because it's, it gives you so much meaning. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, uh, I agree. The love, the love, and the forgiveness, and the, the unbridled joy that can sometimes be attained through that. It just it it gives you a higher pinnacle to kind of, uh, to, uh, to set as your goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. To aspire. Yeah. Yeah. It's inspiring. I mean, the other big experience is, is ayahuasca that that's, you know, once I decided to go for this, this kind of shamanic or this, the psychedelic route, it was, you know, ayahuasca and that, and that was it. Right now, that that to me is the is the biggest. Well, the DMT and the ayahuasca, those those two things are 
that's the frontier that uh, that I I'm, I'm just that's why I'm sha boy. I'm just I'm just <laughs> got you know it, it's so it's so nice just to be able to realize you haven't got a clue. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who was it? I think it was Terence McKenna uh, where he had this uh, thing about the uh, some kind of a fire bonfire. You know, when the more you know, the more you realize. How much you don't know you know what i mean oh yeah haven't got it yeah even a fragment of it yeah <laughs> that's something else for sure now <clears throat> when when the how, how was that uh experience like with uh the ayahuasca well <laughs> yeah that was that was the ask whipping <laughs> so, that was you know i you know i i i had this big thing it was it was a. Uh, my wife was kind of shocked because I suddenly, suddenly said, oh, "I'm going to become a shaman, right? <laughs> like out of the blue, out of the blue. I'm going to go to Peru and become a shaman." And I hadn't even done ayahuasca at that point. And I was, I went, and the, the guy who was, it was the Santo Daime people, and I knew that I knew the leader. I, he was one of my, he's my my greatest friend and spiritual teacher from nice. 30 years back. I met him at the first hippie festival that I went to in, in Japan and, and he ended up coming and they did a live in, in one of my, the house I used to live in. Uh -huh. He was a guest, he was a guest musician in this, in this Japanese reggae band. And, um, he, anyway, I ended up doing my first ayahuasca with him and we went away on this, on this, this little Island and at the top of this mountain, at the, it's the oldest shrine in Japan. And, Wow. And I went there, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a shaman. I'm going to be an ayahuasca area, right? And, and man, 15 minutes, I drank it, and it's a full-on. You know, they're playing music and they're dancing, and you know, we. It's, it was like a Christian. I, I, I didn't realize it was Santo Daime. I didn't know what that was. I was imagining what I'd studied. It was more a shamanic, Peruvian shamanic thing, as all the all the stuff that I'd researched. Wow. And it was like going to a Christian church. It was like being in the Catholic church that crucifixes there and I went up and got holy communion and I thought, wow this is pretty trippy so I had this and within 15 minutes of drinking it suddenly it, the, the table started warping out the, oh. the candles the candles started doing tricks and I thought oh I think I better lie down I went and laid <laughs> down and as soon as I closed my eyes I was in this four five dimensional jungle it was it was so clear. I mean, I was there. It wasn't a wasn't you know, wasn't a hallucination. It wasn't anything laid over. I was totally in this. I could look around. I could look up and down. I could move, and it was so unbelievably beautiful. Those wow. those you know those those ayahuasca paintings you see that Pablo yeah. whatever his name is. Uh -huh. It was that. It was totally that. And I was like, whoa. And then, and then these massive, two massive serpents, anacondas or whatever they are, massive. They could have been like 15 kilometers long kind of coming towards me and they had a smile. Both of them had a big oh, smile on their face. And it was not scary at all. I, I, the whole place, it was just full of this compassionate love, this, this warm kind of felt like it was embraced, like the atmosphere was embracing me. But... You know, these massive snakes, and I, I opened my eyes, and anywhere where two planes met at 90 degrees, so where the ceiling and the wall met, yeah. 
it was like the this reality was just wallpaper and it was peeling back at those those line where it met and i could see the light the purest whitest light coming through and i go fuck it's true it's it's all just white light and i'm like oh and that and that's when the fun stopped oh, that's when the fun stopped then the wave of of nausea came and i went wow. and i just puked and and for the next two hours so okay this is this is a story so i i the first thing was total it unmasked my ego and it laid my ego bare to me and it showed me what a conceited, egotistical, selfish, Man. and the, 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 the term that came to mind was I'm a likable asshole. <laughs> that, that I developed this personality where I could be, I could just be as, as nasty as possible, but pass it off as a joke and people would like me. <laughs> and, 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 and I thought, and the thing was, oh, I'm so terrible. I wish I could die and I'm going to die. Oh, and I'm going to die because I've taken it. And I was like, why did I do ayahuasca? What did I do? What a mistake. <laughs> what a stupid mistake. I, I'm going to be a shaman. Crazy. That's terrible. And I had this, I, and I begged. I begged. I said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then this wave, this this part I'm telling you goes for two hours. So I'm puking, going to the toilet. And I begged, I begged, and this wave of complete and total forgiveness came over me. Nice. And then the next wave was absolute gratitude for the second chance. And then, so it was forgiveness, it was gratitude, and it was sorry. So if you heard of a thing called hoponopono, hoponopono, it's a Hawaiian healing technique. Uh-uh. Anyway, I, this must have been in my subconscious somewhere because it came up. That's what you do. You say, I'm sorry, I forgive you, and thank you for the forgiveness, I love you. And then, so the next thing was gratitude, absolutely. Absolute, every cell in my body was screaming with gratitude. Wow. And then the next bit was love. I love me. Just even though I'm a likable asshole, I love you. Even though you're such a, such a, you know, you're putting on this facade of being so cool. And I love you, even though you're such an asshole. You know, and then, yeah. Go. Oh no! I was just gonna. Uh, <clears throat> somebody had posted on the site about um, they just had an experience with psilocybin and how it pointed, it, it led them to to you know be able to love themselves or, or focus on loving themselves. It's always there's always that there, right? That's one of the first things that, big one. that I went. Through. It's a big one. Yeah. 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 So I I wasn't getting what what another thing it was like I was gonna think i was going to go to this other dimension and then it was ayahuasca said look before you go up to those higher dimensions and that's what it showed me it gave me a hint in that first vision and it said nah kick my ass out and said nah you you deal with your third dimensional shit first (laughs) all right and and then and then then i had this love and then that was about two hours and then the 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 leader they were all looking at me they were surrounding me with love they were singing they were 
dancing. And then he said, he goes, how are you feeling? I said, now I'm, I'm fine. I'm like straight. I'm, I'm normal. And he goes, okay, well, there's two more rounds. I went, what? <laughs> okay. So I did the same thing. And it was in the second time I went up and the second time, but I didn't get the visions this time. I went straight in and it was the same process. But the next time it was about my wife oh. and it was, I, it was about my wife and, and it was, I'm so sorry for being such an asshole. Um, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Um, she, I got the forgiveness and I got the love and I got the gratitude. Nice. And then the third round was the same thing, but it was the same process. I went through the same phases. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, you know, and then in the next thing it was, but it was based on, on all, all beings, all sentient beings. And it oh. was, it was, it certainly made me realize that being a, a shaman is a, an ayahuasca shaman is a lot harder. It's a lot harder job than what I thought it was going to be. Now, when you did these uh, sessions, were they just like <clears throat> on the same time frame that you were there, or did you come back and have? No, no, that was that was one six hour, six hour concert. In basically, oh, it was wow. a concert. Those people are amazing. They sang while I was struggling to lie down and puke i mean I, I was doing my best just to be able to puke and not die they sang and danced full-on rock concert this guy's a musician and they're all musicians for six hours man Jeez. i've never been to a rock concert what band plays for six hours they were <laughs> full-on rejoicing ascension please and singing and that and I, I was so filled with respect um that sounds pretty cool, man. Um, have you um, have you experienced uh, psilocybin or any of the other? Um, <clears throat> not 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 in anything more than a kind of recreational dose. Mm. When I just landed in Thai in Thailand after I'd been away from Australia for like just five days or something, I had some in Koh Samui, and it was it was a, I wouldn't even say it was a bad. It was just I felt bad and gray and it was it was nothing i didn't have any really visuals or anything i could really take away from it and then mushrooms were legal in japan till 2002 oh what and i had it yeah and i you know i didn't have the information and i was trying to again i was I'm trying to not do drugs and i yeah now i you know i fuck i wish i knew what i know now <laughs> right um and now I had a couple of small doses, just fun, just like party doses, just just to have some fun with um, giggling and and that level. So I I didn't really see it as a as a legitimate spiritual path in those days. Yeah. Um, not 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 so much. And that's one thing I spent the whole last summer looking for mushrooms, trying to forage them. Oh really. Um, but I didn't find any. I found some once before the Ed Hippie Festival. We had some. We found some in a in a cow pasture, and nice. um, and that was that was pretty intense. <laughs> that was pretty. Intense. Do you still uh? Do you still go hunting out there? Uh, mushroom hunting out there? Well, the season's starting now, so I'll I'll be hunting. But nice. Hopefully, I'll find some this year. Have you been successful in the past over there? Well, just that one time. Oh, no, I mean out there in, uh, in Japan. 
yeah, just that that was in Japan. Oh, okay. That was just that one time, but not not um not since then. You know, doing a uh, mushroom hunting is a, is a whole nother thing, and for me, <clears throat> that's something that I've been looking into recently. I um I, I used to cultivate my own, but um <clears throat> I th there's something else to um you know foraging, hunting, and, and finding you know, mushrooms out in the wild. Um, it's something I'd, I'd really like to experience in the future sometime, but uh, I've talked to a few guys who, who do it and uh, God, they just always beautiful harvests, man, always. And I, you know, I live in a, in a place where it's pretty dry, uh, pretty hot out here too, but we've got a couple of, a couple of uh, places called sky islands. And that's where, <clears throat> you know, the, the elevation is above, I don't remember. It was like five thousand, six thousand, something like that, and uh, perfect for for mushrooms up there. I didn't never oh, even really? knew until wow. like till like a month ago. And I was like, oh, wow. wow, cool. Yeah, so there's there's some pretty pretty cool places. Where I, where I, where do where do you live? If that's in, the okay. south, in the southwest uh, of U.S. out here, and it's a uh, it's like a desert climate where I'm at. And that, uh, all right, like San Diego, that kind of area. Well, San Diego's a little bit closer to the to the um coast i'm a little bit more in right inside oh, okay okay well it's dry okay. out here man Damn, is, that new is that new mexico or something like that, around area? that area yeah and it's it's the right, same okay it's the same um the same climate okay yeah you know? okay well there must be must be yeah there must be like lots of pure um san pedro and stuff no there's there is a cactus out here for sure yeah and that's um right it's a big thing out here where i'm at <clears throat> I just uh we got a lot of um I think there's a lot there's a bunch of like little small peyote churches out here too and uh um obviously you know the Native Americans here they've got their own practices as well but that's kind of one of those um things where you kind of kind of have to know somebody for that but um or, or sure. just go to one of those churches but um I, I had an experience <clears throat> excuse me with the peyote when I was younger about 18, yeah. 18 years old and uh it turned out pretty horrible, man. I ended up, <laughs> I ended up running out into the desert in the middle of the night and waking up the next morning. Like, oh man, they're all looking for me and everything. It was, it was a bad situation, man. But uh, <laughs> I, I panicked, dude. They had us. Yeah. You ever seen those little sweat huts? Um, oh yeah, sweat lodge. Yeah, but it was just a small yeah. little like mud brick hut with like a. Uh, a hole in the top and they they'll put a like a tarp over it and then they got a fire on the outside and then they bring these these stone Hot rocks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or like these herbs yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's intense the peyote and i yeah, fucking oh man the anxiety was so like on the come up and they didn't they, <laughs> the i was invited there by uh, a girlfriend that i had at the time and her grandfather was the guy who did, did the sessions there and uh i remember trying to leave the hut because i couldn't breathe it was so fucking hot and he yeah 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 like slammed me down on my ass and i fucking pushed him and then <laughs> all her uncles jumped on me man and we had a little bit of a tussle man and i took off <laughs> it was classic, classic story hey <laughs> it was to say man i was never invited back but um no i imagine not <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot of that excuse me out here but um mushrooms as a whole i never even knew but 
hopefully uh soon I'll, I'll be able to head out and just you know do a little bit of hiking out there so really looking forward to that yeah i'm i'm i hope i'm 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 hoping this this year i'll be a bit more lucky and if i can get you know if i can get some spores i i i'll be able to i i actually saw um i got got some advice about it, whether it, because the spores here are legal oh really oh yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, but i was advised that if you were to import them you might attract unwanted attention true True. So, because I'm doing other dodgy things, <laughs> I thought it was better not to get yeah. any attention. I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah. So it'll ha it'll happen. It'll happen. I, I know some. There's an island down here called Yakushima, which is a, a mind-blowing nature. Man, it's on, it's you, on the world. You're always posting some pretty cool-ass pictures, man. You you live in a pretty pretty interesting. It's pretty. Place, it's pretty beautiful. I, yeah, it's 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 world class beautiful, man. I, I love it. Now with the with the Reiki, um, so you is is this what you do now? Like um, that's my main the Reiki EFT meditation. That's you know that's my main thing. But I I also teach um, I teach in uh, elementary schools. I teach English and in foreign culture, hmm. which is. I started that job. I used to work in a in an actual mental hospital mm -hmm. um, in in the bigger city from where I am now wow. for about five years. And I, I it was the, the hospitals here. They make the doctors and the nurses into mental cases. The, the, the work is so hard. And I decided to take a year off. And I, I got this job as a um, and I was just teaching Reiki and the EFT and doing meditation and, and promoting spirituality. Um, it wasn't even a, really a thing where we are out, out here in the country. We, we kind of pioneered all that. And then I took a year off and I got this job. Um, it, the, officially, it's an assistant language teacher. So you're meant to provide the cultural content and the correct pronunciation uh, for the Japanese teachers teaching these little kids English. Oh. And I took the job as a, I thought I'd take it for a year. And it, 10 years ago, I love it, man. It's so much fun. It's, That's cool. There's kids, they love you. There's so much love. So I do that in the mornings. And then in the evenings, I do either these these counseling sessions on the phone or people come to my house or I, I do workshops on the weekends. And wow. That, that's, my... that's pretty cool, man. What's, uh, what's EFT? Okay, EFT is the... If if Reiki is the very feminine, female, loving, compassionate healing technique, EFT is the is the dad. Oh yeah. It, it it's very easy to focus. If you have a if you have a specific problem, at the end of the EFT session, you don't have that specific problem anymore. It's pretty. Oh. It's. It, I, if, uh, my thing with with Reiki, I get miracles every now and again. Because it's not me doing it, the Reiki. Uh-huh. Right. I have no control. But but with EFT, I can pretty much guarantee a miracle is gonna happen. If you've got a problem at the end of the session, you don't have that problem anymore. So what is it what does the session consist of? Is it, it kind of like it, a counseling? It it, it 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 stands for emotional freedom technique. It it oh. involves involves it's a combination between normal kind of counseling talk therapy and and using the Chinese, oh, hello? Yeah. 
Okay, mate. I'm just going to change headphones. My AirPods just died. Just, just a minute. Yeah, sure. Hello? Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can hear so, you. Okay, I just had to change the headphones. Um, so, so basically, you. So, uh, my job is to narrow down to a specific issue, to a specific event that caused an issue. And then you use keywords that are trigger words that will bring up the negative emotions <clears throat> that you want to get rid of that may be the cause of physical distress as well. Mm -hmm. And tapping on the theory is when, for example, if you go hiking in the woods and you see a bear, you get a shock. Yeah. Now, the Chinese theory is that each organ is related to an emotion. So the emotion of fear would cause a shock, a short circuit in the, in the kidney, in the kidney circuit. Oh. So the kidneys will pump adrenaline when you're scared. Adrenaline pumps. Uh -huh. So from then on, you'll have a trauma about bears. When you see a bear on TV or you hear the word bear, that energy is stuck because there's a short circuit there. Yeah. So what EFT does, you tap on these, these uh, acupuncture points, which are the end points of each of the energy meridians, uh -huh. while saying, for, for this simple example, you're saying bear, 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 bear. So oh. you're, you're focusing on the problem, and then at one point you'll come to the, you tap on all the meridians, so you don't have to find out where the short circuit is. You're just flicking each breaker switch. Oh. So eventually you'll tap on the kidney meridian and immediately that energy starts to flow again and you can move on. Wow. So it, it's, I mean, I don't even like to talk about it because it sounds like, oh, yeah, right, it cures anything in, in, a, in a very short time. But it, it does. <laughs> I, I've treated it. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> that's the thing that you know everybody kind of. I, I wouldn't say necessarily worry about, but you know, it comes up. But for me, to be honest with you, I, you know, I, who am I to say, you know, whether what you think works doesn't work? You know what I mean? It's uh, I'm not like that. I don't. I don't think that yeah. helps me or anybody out in any way. I mean, if it works for you, who am I to tell you that you know, not? Yeah. Well. With with EFT, it's um, like I said, it's Reiki is a very, I think, a very spiritual roundabout kind of. It's a, it's a womanly, it's a motherly thing. You know, when you feel bad, you go to your mum, she gives you a hug, you feel better. Yeah. You don't know why. It's kind of roundabout. But when you go to your dad and go, "Hey, dad, I need a hundred bucks," he gives you the hundred bucks. It's it's a very practical and it. It gives you what you want, whereas Reiki gives you something. What you, I think Reiki gives you what you need. That would be how I would compare it. Reiki gives you what you need, and EFT gives you what you want. Oh, I see. So and for me, when I, yeah. So how long have you uh, been practicing? How long have you had this setup like this over there? Um, since I. I I got divorced and then I, I sold my company and I lost everything I had when I was 30, 
seven, I and I'd gone through my divorce. I'd lost my daughter, and I, EFT saved me from suicide. Um, in one session, I went from suicidal, being a single father on two hundred forty dollars a week pension, mm-hmm. having had to leave Japan and go back and live with my mother at thirty-seven and have no money and be a single dad and depressed and suicidal. And I had one EFT session and it cured me completely. And I didn't, it cured me so completely, I didn't even realize it was EFT that did it. Anyway, that's another story. Within two months, I was uh, working as a Reiki practitioner in Shanghai getting $200 an hour, not a week. So it sent me from a downward spiral to an upward spiral and within, Two years, I quit my job and I had $4,500 when I quit my, when I got my last paycheck. And I decided I'm going to be a, a, a healer and a yoga teacher. And when I met my second wife, who I'm gratefully still with, um, I had, I, I went down to my last $10 twice. And I, I bought, they have this local alcohol called Shochu here. Uh-huh. My last ten dollars twice, I bought a bottle of this shochu and chocolate. I thought, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down. <laughs> I'm going to go down drunk and on chocolate, <laughs> and, um, and 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 money always came in. And and then we set up this this uh, healing uh, healing business together. Nice. Um, she was my yoga student, and and. Um, no, that's another story as well. <laughs> and she she's my manager. She's oh, she does the homepage. She makes the pamphlets. She's she's an absolutely amazing. Whatever idea I have, she can turn it into. She can make it materialize in a short time, and she's amazing. Nice. Sounds like you guys uh, got a good match. Uh, you guys are a good match for each other, man. Yeah, she's she's got she's got everything I have and everything I don't have. So she, we're like one and a half. We're like you know we're like two and a half. <laughs> she, she's everything I don't have. She's got it, and she's got everything I've got too. So she's amazing. That's uh, like here between me and my wife. <clears throat> you know, we well not necessarily exactly like that, but you know, we we both have. Uh, you know, it's you do kind of complete each other, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cliche, but and yeah, it's but nice it, when it happens, it's like a there's a balance, and she has I don't have, and vice versa. So when together, we work together. That's a, a, a great thing to have in this existence. Uh, yeah, blessing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do half the shit that I already do without. Huh. Yeah, ditto completely. I wouldn't be able. Half, yeah, no way. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably be like. I mean, I mean, I'd probably just be a hippie living in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be happy or not happy, but I certainly wouldn't be as um, for, as much help to anybody else. Yeah. I might be having a jolly good time myself. <laughs> How how uh how about your daughter? Uh, do you guys have any other kids or? or um... I've no, I've only got the daughter from the first marriage who was who was um, taken away. Um, that's how the Japanese system works, and I, that was the that was the most horrible. Wait 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 wait. wait. What happened? 
Well, I came back to Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, we got divorced and my ex-wife said she would never, she was living just down the road. She's, we, when I didn't contest anything and she said, um, uh, she said she'll never move back to her hometown, which is like 1,500 kilometres away. And then she, when my daughter was five, she, I used to see her every day and it was all fine. And um, she took her away. And, and there was, no, as a foreigner and as a, as a father at that point, and still pretty much now, there was, there was no contesting it. But there was no legality for it. And I didn't, at that point, I, li- I literally had an idea in my head that I was going to go there and ask to see her for an afternoon. And while I was seeing her, I was racing to the airport. This is the plan I had in my head, racing to the airport and flying out when, and I'd paid some, some Yakuza to burn down their house and kill them all. That was what. <laughs> that was the. That was what. The, what I had, and then I thought, well, that's wouldn't be. A, how would you explain that to your daughter? <laughs> Where's mummy? <laughs> and so, and, and at that point, I chose. I, I, I made the decision. Thought, well, if and when I do meet my daughter, I'm not going to be. I'm going to be a happy person. Yeah. Have you? And it, it took me seven years to to maybe get any kind of peace with all my practices. It took me that long to. And now, and now I have contact with her, um, and she's twenty now. Wow, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's really nice, and it, it's um, it that was hard, man. Things you can imagine. I bet. Um, and that that was one of the yeah, that was one of life's lessons for sure. That you can't, you know, losing a child is is pretty. Yeah, pretty tough thing and and then now i'm i can talk about it without without like wanting to drive some metal object into my stomach you know yeah yeah i went through a similar thing uh with my firstborn son his mom um took him and she left left the state and i couldn't do nothing about it and it was probably one of the worst i think i spent like about almost a year without seeing him he was like Oh man, he was still a baby. He was like a year or two old. Man, that was rough. I, I fucking hated that time, man. But um, I'm glad to say he is back in my life. He's been back in my life and uh, doing well, man. So yeah, I, I feel you, man. That fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, well, it's yeah, it's, a, it's not. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing worse. Not not this. Not that I've had in this lifetime. Um, that was, you know, five years old. And I, I, I saw her once. I had to plea bargain. I had to plea to get 15 minutes when my mum came here for my, my wedding. I, um, and she, my mum was 80. And I, and, I, and I said, look, this might be her last chance to see her grandmother. Yeah. And they gave me 15 minutes with her. That was when she was 13. That was seven years ago. That was the last time I saw her. Now we're in contact on mail, on messaging each other. And um, she, she wants to go to Australia and meet her family. Oh, that. really? So that's, so that's, you know, that's gone full circle. And, wow, that's um, real cool. Hopefully you guys are that, able to, to, get that, to get that set up. It'll, it'll happen. She's, she's, 
you know, she's a 20 year old. She's, she's a bit more free now. She's going to, going to university. And, um, you know, it happened. And then now, because, I mean, the, I think a big part of it on a, some level was me when I let go. That allowed her to come back, I think. On a, yeah. There was definitely something there. No, it makes sense, man. It really does. And especially, you know, you know how it works with, with women. <laughs> you chase them, they run away. I mean, it's my daughter, but you know, I mean, that 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 energy, you know, I think yeah. that the it took me a while to let people When I, I think after I met her, I realised what she she's got her own life, and I've got my own life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely there's nothing harder than that. Yeah, I bet, man. It's it's always hard, you know, with the kids. But uh hey, how did how did you end up um on DMT world? Ah, that's a good question. I was I was, you know, looking into all these things and then I I don't know how I never I I heard Dennis uh Terrence McKenna, you know, Terrence McKenna is no one more amazing to listen to in my book. And and so it was DMT. It's like DMT, and I started to hear about DMT and read about DMT. Fucking hell, what is that stuff? And then I was looking up for four. I was looking up for information, and, and um, DMT world came up, and, and I and, and I got on it. And it for now, it it's accelerated my my journey in this this psychedelic journey i couldn't have done all those things without support without knowing people were doing it and not dying and not going crazy and <laughs> not po- not poisoning themselves with lie and stuff like that you know it, it so much gratitude for that yeah there's a like we were speaking earlier before we started um <clears throat> you know for <clears throat> for me um you know, I treat it like a real community. You know, I I treat people the way I would treat you just like in real life because, you know, I, I we may meet one day, you know, and I have to hold myself accountable for the things I say and, you know, sure. the actions I take. I know for me, it's not just a another social platform. It's it's an actual community that, you know, we can we can connect with each other and you know have talks like these and and and, you know because because we need more talks you know we need more people to be out there and you know sharing their stories and their experiences uh, including organizations you know and uh, I think that you know that's that's a goal you know to kind of get everybody connected and and, uh, so far so good you know I'm, I'm really enjoying having talks with people here and I'm looking forward to some other you know, uh, some other ventures in terms of, you know, reaching out to organizations and so forth to kind of get us, get this community on the same stage as other communities that have been around for, you know, forever, you know. Right. Well, I think what one of the key things you said earlier on is that you said, I'm just a, I'm just a human being. And that's it. We, we, we've all got these, when you're on this digital thing, there can be that, you know, it's a kind of persona that you, it's, it's, it's text and it's photos. Yeah. And, 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 and that adding that human touch, but I feel it. I, I never thought I could have so many, other, so many good friends and love, real love between, between people I've met on, 
on on DMT world. And I I, I, I go in there and it's like I, I'm I feel like I'm going to see my friends. Yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing, and, and it, I really you can really feel love and and people want to share the knowledge, and and people are so accepting. Yeah, yeah, I I I really do enjoy it very much. So the the one thing that <clears throat> I always encourage people to do is uh, to build your own local. You know, I think it's um, man, it's it, nothing nothing compares to it. You know, we built a or we created a group here where I'm at, and um, it's growing, and we're all connecting. We're kind of like a you know, uh, so we're just basically a support system for each other, you know, in terms of knowledge, you know, it's just like lending an ear. If somebody's having a hard time, you know, give them a call and, you know, just kind of put some stuff off your chest. And, man, it, it helps so much. Man. It helps so much. That's right. You know, I've, I've got my, my three buddies and we've been friends since one of us, two of us have been friends for 40 42 out of 53 years and the other two the other two of us have been friends for 30 years and wow. we're, we're we're doing all this and we're, we're that's our our little core group and once we get out get a little bit more stuff to share around we, we're three we got little we're gonna you know do it you have to be a bit careful and bring a few members in slowly slowly exactly. and and that again that's it's so nice. And I mean, we're all total noobs, right? We're doing extractions with the, actually trying to vaporize it and doing changa. And, and we, we've, we've done most of our uh, four or five journeys together. And we've got this little, this cabin where we go and do it. And, and it's, it's so, it's so empowering. And you, you feel the safety. And, and because we're all, we're all pretty plotless. <laughs> we we're, we're very eager to learn you know how was it you know yeah and, and it, it, like you said we're, we're building up a, a, a knowledge we're building up a base and and it's it's so real because it's organic right you can see yeah. your friend what happened and you, and you feel the vibration my my i did the ceremony for this one guy and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got this, you know, I've got the bells and the incense and the crystals, and you know, I'm, I'm this hippie guy doing all this thing. And, and he, and he's, he's an American dude, and not that way at all. And I, we initiated him into, into, into doing DMT. And uh, when he, when he took that, and when I saw the white, thick white vapor going through the meth pipe into his lungs, man, I was, I was literally. Popping out of my skin on the contact high, <laughs> you know, and he came, you know, he saw Ganesh or something, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I think that a lot of times you know, be, being online like that, you kind of have a little bit of a disconnect, you know. Um, oh yeah. But you know, here and and locally, you know, like for us in our group. <clears throat> we started with two of us and um, we met up and then um, <clears throat> we got a hold of a couple other people. And every single time, you know, we will meet up with the new member, you know, talk with them for a few hours, you know, or, or they, 
are they people you met on DMT World or just? Um, actually, the first person um, that I created the group with was from uh, DMT World, and then um, another one as well. Um, his name is Think Thinking Ding, and uh, oh, okay, I, I've, I've actually talked to him. Yeah, he's good, dude. I, he's, I, I, he's I, a, he, yeah. I talked to him all the I've time. I've actually talked to him. Yeah, I, I actually talked to him. Um, he's a he's a stay at home dad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been over here yeah. at my house, working uh, okay, cool. in the back, and you know, we'll yeah. smoke a joint, fucking play guitar, just talk. You know what I mean? It's it's good. It's good. I I, um, I love it. It's it's precious, precious, very valuable to have your local group, and it's something else, and and it, sure. it adds on to you know even the online community because. Uh, you know, you, you know each other. I mean, I know their families and stuff. So uh, yeah, since cool. then, we've got a few more people, and uh, it's always the same process. You know, we get ver- we verify them, make sure you know they are just a regular person, <laughs> and that's <laughs> right, right. not so trying not. to. And then you know, undercover Yeah, because you you just never know. You never know. So, and once they're verified, you know, they we just kind of open everything up and. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world. I, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to when we don't have to be underground. No, right? That's, man, it's such a pain in the ass. And, and you know, I, I've i been really looking into, you know, the whole decriminalization uh, movement, too. Um, and I'm part of the uh, psychedelic community here where I'm at. <clears throat> they're the group that like hosts any kind of conferences or anything like that one really it, cool man yeah, and, and there too I, i've met a few people there uh, I've, I've sent a couple of the people to the, to the site too um we've got some people from like reddit that we met and they, they, they've gotten to our group as well so we're, we're not that big i think we've got like 10 people right now but we're all solid every single person yeah. on there i've met face to face you know i i've some of them I've even been to their homes and uh it's great man it's really really good so, I encourage everyone. So, so man let, let me um let me ask you so what's your I, I get it DMT world is it's so 2020 it's happy KB it's a, who, who actually runs DMT world I'm, I'm, um well so they're so the the way they have mighty it, eagle yeah yeah the way they have it is uh they've got the admins and the admins are there's three admins so they're the ones who literally created the site got everybody together did the marketing and the promoting and all that and then they have staff and the staff are not quite admins but they're not just not quite you know a normal um user online they have some some uh, abilities that you know some of the admin abilities as well and um last year i i was one of the staff there uh, one of three and then uh, i left for a little bit and came back and i I didn't want to have that same kind of um responsibility but that's how that's how they run it um you know they have the admins and the staff and everybody kind of just you know helps okay. everybody out okay and, and who, who is that that's so just, the, just to get that the admins um <clears throat> is those two you said so 2020 happy kb and then there's uh, another admin his name is panda dream and uh he, oh, panda dream okay yeah. yeah and he's basically the 
the the guy kind of behind the uh steering wheel so to speak um <clears throat> but really really cool dude he's the one who kind of um you know when i left in in december it wasn't it wasn't a great terms you know i was having a lot of issues here in my personal life too and then it was just a lot of stress man my my wife uh had gotten sick it was just a bunch of shit piled up man and uh you know i, I came back and and you know talked to all of them and um, you know, apologized for my behavior because I was a fucking asshole about it. And, <laughs> and Panda, he was the one who, you know, brought this whole thing up about, you know, doing the podcast and the YouTube. And I was just honored, you know, honored for that and really grateful. And, uh, you know, all this stuff, I came back and this is what we've been doing since then. But um, yeah, it's the three admins. And then I'm not too sure about the staff. I know there's one, two, I know Ben, Ben. Yeah, Ben, yeah, Ben CMB. Um, he's, he's given me a lot of guidance on, um, on the extractions and, and uh, Changa and stuff like that. That guy, he's, man, he, he has just, for me, he's just got that very soft, quiet, solid yeah. calmness about him, him somehow. Those two, uh, Eagle, Ben, and then I think Void is a staff as well. The Void. Right, okay. Right. Yeah. I can't remember who else, to be honest with you. I, I, remember I, spoke, I spoke to Mighty Eagle once. In yeah. yeah. Yeah, I spoke with him a, a lot last year, too. Um, we still keep in contact as well. But um, that's it, man. There's no, like, major no. corporations or nothing like this. Dude, it's <laughs> right, right. Grassroot movement, man. These guys. Uh, it's awesome, man. It's, 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 it's you know, to, to, it's, a, it's not a small project. No, it's not. And uh, they've, I mean, they created magic, man. You know? Yeah, right, for sure. It's, 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 it's so, so special. I mean, the timing is everything. Yeah, <laughs> right. Timing is everything, and it, it obviously the timing and 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 the, but the courage to, to to go with an idea. Yep. So much respect for that. Oh yeah, I me too, man. I, I'm I you know I tell people all the time like this. Um, being in in the and, and it's I mean it's still in its infancy. You know this this the community yeah. and you know. All of you, even like you, you, um, every, a lot of the people that I've that I've uh, interviewed too, you know, you guys were all there from the beginning or you know last year and yeah, and that that was that was lucky because I, I guess when I got on it was only going for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I was like, wow, okay, and it was, it was, yeah, it's grown. Well, I like to see so. though that a lot of those people they're still there they're still out there doing the same stuff and you know contributing to the community and man uh, for that I, i'm just so grateful for it you know i actually have a, a talk coming up with ben <clears throat> here i think next week uh, we haven't we haven't scheduled it yet but i'm gonna speak with him here soon i think tonight i'll send him a, a message but um you know, it's just uh, goes back to kind of putting, uh, like establishing the community, you know, as a whole um, on the world stage, you know, mm -hmm. there's um, all these other organizations and all these other people that, you know, run podcasts and so forth. And it's all centered around psychedelics and, and alternative, you know, forms of healing or, or whatnot. 
And mm -hmm. for me, you know, I'd like to <clears throat> get us at that point too. But in terms of, you know, um, sharing, uh, promoting everybody else as well, you know, because mm -hmm. we're all one huge community, you know, the, and, and we, we have to connect with each other because True. that's where the power that's, is at, you know, that's where the power that's is right. at. That's right, that's right, yeah. You know? Well, there's some pretty, you know, there's some pretty, uh, you know, some people with some credentials there. I want, you know, a couple of guys that have written books and, uh, sure. you know, doing doing solid research and that. I mean, that, you know, connecting with people like maps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think I think what I, just while we're talking about it, what what they need a lot of those organisations they need data. Yeah. yeah. They you know there's a lot of surveys and that and and that's where you know DMT world is got a there's a lot of data that can be gathered there from oh, yeah. people's experiences. Yeah. Um, that 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 has a lot to offer because you know it's all about data, isn't it? True. And, and it, for me, um, that's kind of, I'm, I'm trying to focus more on like, I mean, I, I love having these conversations with everybody from the site, but what I would like to do is have somebody or like outside, you know, from out of the site, um, maybe somebody from a different organization just come on and <clears throat> speak about, you know, what their organization does. Or is, because at the end of the day, you know, knowing is half the battle, you know, and we've got yeah. people on this, on this platform and this community that, you know, I'm sure people wouldn't mind coming on and sharing, you know, what it is they do and, and bringing awareness of their organization and their mission to our community as well, because it's just a whole bunch of other people that are, you know, listening. Yeah. On you know, the, uh, yeah, you know, the third wave guy? No, no. Uh -uh. The third wave, they're doing a lot of good work and, and he seems very approachable, just like just like you and me, he's just a dude, pretty much. Okay. Um, and, and and he and he introduced he he talks to people like Rick Doblin and um, you know, all the all the, the heavy movers. Yeah. Um may, maybe check them out, the third wave. Right. And they've got a good podcast too, and, and you know, maybe that's a good contact to get some of those people that are that are pretty kind of famous, the people in John Hopkins and. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, um, I, you know, but this is all kind of new to me as well. You know, I've never ran a podcast before this, but I think. You're doing that, a good job. <laughs> doing a good job. Well, I mean, for the most part, it's everybody who comes on as well. I mean, it's their, their thing, you know, and, and like I was saying before is this is not my podcast. Um, this is our podcast. Right. This is why I kind of want to, you know, add a few things, mix some things up. And I want to promote everybody else too. Like, um, for example, T-Rex and Luke Skywalker, they're out there continuing the conversation. I didn't even know these guys were still doing this thing on Discord, man. And, and I posted one. All right. I posted uh, one of their episodes, uh, I think it was last week, and I got another one yeah. that I was posting too. But um, like even something like that, you know, hey, these guys are doing this. So if you like it, go over there and, uh, you know, give them a, look, give them a holler and, and maybe even uh, participate, you know. I think that's that's where the, the, the key is at, you know, is um, 
just yeah, having people become aware of you know things that are going on and not only in our community but in and you know different like even other podcasts you know like even like this person you just or this organization you just told me yeah, about right too. now yeah you know yeah um i spoke to spoke to um t-rex yesterday actually about a, a couple of hours I love that. um him him and spoon and spoon we had a we had a zoom hookup and uh yeah those are the, that's beautiful. so many solid people yeah yeah i mean you know how many people on facebook have i ever who i don't really know have i ever had a conversation with but on on dmt world there's probably close to a dozen people that i've actually bothered to talk to yeah it, it really it really lights my heart up man when i when i hear you know everybody else communicating you know like that man that's that's what it's about right there is making those connections and I'm telling you man the power is in the numbers you know the more we communicate the more we promote each other the more we have these conversations you know the more we're establishing ourselves and there's power in that there really is there is yeah yeah Majority rules, man. Get everybody together, and uh, we gotta, move as better we form form the psychedelic party. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a few seats there in the in the in the Senate. Hey, uh, <laughs> and you and you don't necessarily have to ask this, but how 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 do you go about like resourcing or sourcing any of the shit that you need here, like out there in Japan? Like how that's. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, the bark comes from, it's coming from prime bark. Um, the other stuff is from hardware stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah. the acid is, the acid is from my, my buddy. <laughs> um, but I know, mean, I would imagine so. It's pretty much just normal, just like anywhere else, right? I mean, well, it's probably not because here that the under—it's so the underground scene, the hippie underground scene, is so tiny. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, the percentage. So, see, I, I would say I, I can't speak for the, for America, but in Australia, probably alternative people might make up ten percent of the people. Yeah. In here, they might make up 0.01% of the population. So it's very tight. Yeah. No, you mean, know, it's very tight. If I was to mention some hippie freak, I, I could mention two names and I'd probably know someone who knows them. Yeah. So it's very, very, the and it's very tight and it's a lot, the, the, the quality is like you were saying, it might put me in numbers, but everyone is so solid and they're doing their own thing. And it stands out more because, because the, the average, the, the, the normal person is 99.99% of the people are totally normal. Middle class, salaries, working for a company. And the other people who've got their own businesses, who've got, who are chefs, who are, you know, artists, who are musicians, who are, you know, yoga teachers or healers or whatever that is so small, but they're, it's a very, very tight community. That's nice, man. That's real cool. Uh, and, and the people are so nice here, man. There's, I've, I've been to so many festivals and parties and raves and I've never seen a fight. 
Really? I've never seen an aggression. I, you know, yeah, I leave my whatever valuables in the tent with my door, car doors open. And that's one good thing about Japan. You don't have to worry about your, the, any aggression and you don't have to worry about your shit getting stolen. That's, that's something else right there. <laughs> yeah. That is something else. That is something else. You know? it, I'm never, you know, I can walk down any street. I can leave my wife at home alone. She can walk down any street at any time of day. And you don't even think about, you don't think, oh, will it be dodgy or do I have to lock my car? Do I have to lock my kids? You don't even have to think about that. That's nice. That's nice. Man. Yeah, you, nice. you know, you're you're living a pretty cool and interesting uh, interesting life, man. Uh, I see people like you guys on the site, and re- it's re- really inspiring, really inspirational, man. You guys are <clears throat> really interesting people, um, and I know you guys have great stories, and and that's why I bring these people on here. And uh, man, I. I, I wouldn't call it envy, but more like inspirational. Like, I, I, man, I... Well, I, you know, I, I want to speak that. I, I put up some... I don't mind showing... I hope people don't think I'm kind of showing off and bragging about my life. My, 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 my thing is, my whole thing, and that's my thing in Japan, because, because I've said people are so normal and so programmed into normality here. My whole movement my thing is to say look the possibilities if you follow your heart if you do what you want to do life can be extraordinary and that that's the reason i put these things out there it's i i i I do i want to be an example of what how how free you can be and when you when you take that freedom to leave your culture to leave your cultural rules you can become yourself. You can grow into it into the shape that you are meant to be. Yeah, like and and, and, and that's that's for me. That's what motivates me see, in pretty much every post I put out. See that that's how I look at I look at you know people like you on the site. Uh, it, it is inspiring, and, and it's like you're you're creating your own reality. Like you are. You know, you you had a goal, and then you stopped at nothing, and you went all the way. And now, you know, you're you're there. You're living that dream, something that was once a dream. You know, and I think that's in itself is is very inspirational, and that's why I appreciate people. Like what 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 I'd like to say, and the thing is, when you do it, it's effortless because I, I never. You said I I stopped at nothing. All I did was have fun. <laughs> you know, I just said, well, I want to do that. Well, that, I want to do that because it's fun. And, and I did it. And, 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 the, and, and my, in my case, all the things, you know, I didn't ever think I'm going to do, do meditate so I can earn my money being a meditation teacher. I never thought I'm, I'm going to do healing so I can earn money being a healer. It, it just following your passion I'm not going to say it's possible for everybody, but if you've got a passion, people get sucked into it and they want to pay you. They want to pay for what you've got. So you can make a living and you, and you, can, you can live your life. Like I was blessed. I, and I, I had a 
a, a pretty decent start compared to most people maybe um, with my family having that kind of international consciousness yeah. and stuff like that. But, man, you can, that it's, again, so cliche, but you can do anything you yeah. want to do. Yeah, man, that that's what that's what it reminds me of, you know, because, you know, I, I'm in a position right now where <clears throat> I don't necessarily love my job, but I do love helping people, you know, and that's, that's kind of where, where I'm there. But, you know, this here, you know, um, talking with people, um, promoting each other, promoting the website, I, I would do this full time for a living, man, you know, at a drop of a dime, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a goal, and I am working towards it. And uh, members like you, they're on the site that kind of uh, reassure me, and I'm sure other people do. That you, you, you just got to put your mind to it. So I, I really appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with me. Um, would, do you have anything, any final thoughts or anything you'd like to, to tell anybody who's listening? Um. Yeah, love, man. It's all about the love. It's, 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 what more to say? It's all about the love. And and, and, and if, I think if you set, if you make love your priority, every 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 time you make a decision, you say, "Well, is this movement towards love?" And if the answer is no, check your compass. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say. <laughs> sure, the kid, uh, good uh, words of advice, man. That's, uh, I agree. I agree. It simplifies everything because you know something. You get a lot of complicated life we live in. There's so many decisions to make, and if you just say, okay, well, what's the priority? Well, for me, priority is love. Well, okay, now I've got to do. I do this or do I do that? Well, is that one going to lead to love? No, okay, well, then that's not an option, then, is it? Yeah, it's true, man. And, it, and it, it, you know, I, obviously I don't do that all the time, you know, but whenever I do, everything works out really well, better than I could ever have imagined it with my logical mind or on a calculator, like, you know, how much money am I going to make or something like that. Every time you follow your heart, it, it 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 comes together in a material and a physical and a mental and a spiritual positive outcome. Right. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Well, man, um, like I said, th um, thank you for your time. And uh, hopefully we can yeah. do this again, man. I'd like to hear I some. I hope so. I hope so. I've got, got a million crazy stories for you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to say, man. I want to hear some more stories, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it probably, probably next time we do it, let's just do stories. I got a lot of stories. I like telling stories. <laughs> Me too. You know what I really wanted to bring up was uh, dreams, man. I, I'm a dreamer. I've always dreamed since I was a child, and I was thinking of uh, bringing some people on just talking about dreams. But I, I think I got somebody in mind who who can uh, help with that, hopefully he'll. Yeah, there's a few lucid dreamers out there in, yeah. on the site, isn't there? Yeah. I think those are interesting, including like trip reports too, or, you know, just these experiences we've had. But yeah, man, um, let's talk afterwards and maybe we can uh, set something up and then uh, go over a few things. But uh, 
of fast okay. and th thanks for coming on man thank you bro and yeah love love to all the to everyone out there yeah definitely love all of you guys thanks for listening guys yeah thank you man thanks for the opportunity definitely man anytime okay